okay. We're four teaching friends from across the country. Who've discovered that if you don't laugh, you cry and lose sight of your why. I'm Retta. I'm Tracy. And I'm Kathy. And we teach so hard. You know what's really hard? Teacher evaluation Teacher. time. Ah! Right, ah. that too. <laughs> Well, teacher evaluation refers to the formal process a school uses to review and rate teachers' performance and effectiveness in the classroom. Traditionally, in the old days, teacher evaluation systems relied heavily on classroom observations conducted by kindly or otherwise principals or other school administrators. Sometimes they had the help of rubrics or checklists, but <laughs> I don't remember those in the 80s and 90s no, I don't and whatever. They'd come in with their notebook and their pen and they'd scrib scribble and they'd smile benignly, right? Uh, guys, I always felt like... I had one. I had one who used to do the lesson with the kids. <laughs> and wow. I felt that he got more out of that wow. and could tell, you know, more to inform his evaluation. See, isn't that interesting? Than anything. Now, I I re always felt like, and I've been around the block for a while, 20, 26 years, and I always feel felt in the past, like, where's my boa? Where's my microphone, Right. Cue the spotlight. Here I am. I'm gonna tap dance. Da 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 da. -da, -da. Right? That's because it was so subjective, right? And you never knew. Yeah. There wasn't. They would give you feedback, but it yeah. wasn't specific feedback. Right? Wasn't Bob yeah. Seger talking about teachers when he wrote that "Turn the Page"? Yes, uh, I can't like you remember. It's the course. Sing it, Tracy. On the long dusty highway, up on the stage again. Yeah. <laughs> no, wrong one. Never mind. Well, I, I had my very first principal who was such a nice man, but I didn't know what teacher evaluation was because the. Ooh, I'm sounding go. weird, aren't I? You are. You're double striking. That's odd. Sorry. Oh. Anyway, I was um, okay. at the end of the year, he had me come to his office and he said, oh, you need to sign your evaluation. I said, oh, what evaluation? And he had all these checklists. Everything was marked excellent, but I never once had a formal yeah, evaluation. Though. And you know, I have a story. So what the heck I is wrong with that? No, I have a story well, like that too. I was, um, they had changed the evaluation practices. And so I missed a deadline by a day and I got my evaluation paperwork in, you know, we had to do the reflective stuff. And then this was years ago. And so then I go for my meeting with my principal who I adored and who adored me, but she sits there and she, she says that one of the things I need to work on as a teacher is meeting deadlines because I was a day late with my evaluation paperwork. So I sit there and I listen and I'm like, I'm like, okay, you're right. I was a day late. Oh. All right. But, but is it wait, 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 
Wait for it, Ryder. Wait for it. So then she says to me, okay, so here's where you sign. And I said, okay. And she said, could you post date that? Because I'm a couple weeks late. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I smiled pleasantly and went, sure, what deadlines are hard, you? aren't they? <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I had to I had to do it. Oh I had gosh. to. So you know, we we are all agreed that um, yeah. evaluation processes have come a long way. Some for the better. Some not so much, right? Yes, they have. Well, no, just I think that the, the growth part of it's awesome because Marzano? you do need to know when you grow. And that means you have to take a critical look at what you're doing as a teacher. And and sometimes, yeah. And they do have it. They do, but, absolutely. Yeah, We're and Danielson get, and Marzano yeah, absolutely. also supply a pretty it's just good sometimes framework. When it, it, it just sometimes around. feels like it all becomes about numbers, which is a great transition into our next segment. Let's talk about teacher evaluation nightmares. We can all agree there's humor. Sometimes there's also horror, <laughs> right? Or not. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, in my district, mm-hmm. and I think it was around the time of um, No Child Left Behind, that left every child behind, um, our district implemented a new <laughs> evaluation system called VAM, which was Value Added Modeling. And it was a statistical method of analyzing student test scores to then uh, estimate how much mm-hmm. a teacher has contributed to the student achievement growth. So your score, your teacher evaluation score was based on your student Woo! scores and then it was published by teacher name in the newspaper. Oh my god. <laughs> and they literally rated you as effective, not effective. Wow. Very effective and your name was published for all to see. Right. That's astounding. <laughs> And so that only lasted a couple years because there was such outrage by both teachers and parents who had so many stories of their own child or their own students right. that did not take into account yeah. that, a, that a test score did not take into account of all the learning right. that took place. Right. It was pretty horrible. <laughs> Teaching is, is both art and science. And to try to distill it to the it point is, where it's we're all science and it's children. all teaching numbers, and, and it's a big mistake. That's difference. You know, in our neck of the woods, um, yes, they yes, yes. we use uh, Marzano's design questions. A portion of our um, a portion of our overall score um, is hooked into our student data, and you know we've been kind of adding it so it changes uh, every year. The, the amount of it that determines uh, how well we do as a teacher, whether we're effective or highly effective or developing, I guess is the word they use or oh. improve or needs improvement. But we, we in our neck of the woods, our schools are given letter grades 
So it's not the teacher necessarily whose name is published. It's the school. And the school receives a grade based on their data. And I'm assuming their evaluation, their teacher wow. evaluations are added into that. The other part of our evaluation is um, our instructional practices, our pedagogical practices, and the, the reflecting that we do and the, the actual observation of Marzano's best practices that the administrator sees. Oh, and, okay. you know, in the hands of an experienced administrator, mm-hmm. um, one who has one who knows curriculum, and, and knows the curriculum, yeah. exactly, knows the curriculum backwards and forwards, knows all of the quadrants and all of the, the checklists and, you know, exactly what data they're collecting. And they're not trying to, right. like, ga- gather acorns thousands at a time, but they're zeroing in on a couple of things in the lesson. In the hands, in the hands of the right administrator, that's a fair system. I agree. But I think it can be devastating and ego-shattering. Especially when it comes to and, time for uh, teacher cuts make you feel in districts because if, if it's not then those right. ratings mean something. They're right. not just a number of how, right. how well you did. They will determine whether or not you have a job, whether or not you're being laid off. Right. So it's it can turn into high stakes very quickly for the teacher. I mean, it already always is high stakes for the kid, but... For the teacher and their future employment, it can be a really big deal. Um, yeah. Well, and you hear about nightmare stories about principals right. who have their you know, favorites I remember being, and, um, you know, who are not I have a, objective I love my administrator, when evaluating their And I, I remember being evaluated by an administrator, and I, I – I had a problem because this was a new scale that they were using. And and so administrators were still being trained on it too. And she gave me some feedback and and I said, okay, well, wait a minute. Um, I've met all the criteria. So tell me why I'm not highly effective. And I pushed back and, you know, to her credit, she said, we, we talked back and forth and she said, you know, I'm new at this too. Right. Let me look at the stuff that I just got from my training. Let me look at it. Can we reconvene our conversation? So, so she did. And then we came back because I said to her, you know, Oh, that's beautiful. If I was a student sitting in front of you and I said to you, well, you said I could get an A plus, but why am I not getting an A plus? I did everything you asked me to. Why did I not? Why don't I have an A plus? You know, if, if you can't tell me as a student why I don't have an A plus, then there's a problem, right? So um, it was it was a really valuable experience. And we went back to the drawing board and we talked. And I understood finally, because right. she could finally explain it. You know, she was clear on it. I understood. And then we were able to move forward from that. And I said to her, okay, so the next time you come, you're going to see that because I do that all the time. And she did. Um but it was a great growth experience for both of us. Uh, it was. So when you get an administrator like that, who's secure right, enough to right. say, you well, know what? Well, who's willing to talk. I don't have all the answers either. Let's see if we can figure this out together. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
And Tracy, that was a much better tactic yeah. than the one I use where <laughs> when I didn't, I didn't get that. Well, what was that top one again? Highly effective. <laughs> I didn't get highly effective. I said, are you aware uh, that I was teacher of the year? As soon as you said that. Oh, it didn't help. Yeah. I'm, it didn't I'm, help. When you said that, Red, I picked so you I came up with, with your strategy, tiara which I and think your fits beauty in queen right pennant that said teacher of the year. <laughs> <laughs> and your purple one. <laughs> yeah. You bet. I said, I even said later in the conversation, because he, he was so wrapped up in his checklists and trying to do his best and whatever. And I, and I threw him with that remark. I said, are you, you, do are you aware? Have you been to, the, do to the school board lately? My portrait is hanging My on the wall. Hanging. <laughs> <laughs> like the queen's portrait. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And, and, and he even came back like the next week and he I said, I was it. in a meeting at the school board. That's a very nice no. portrait of you on the wall. He oh, <laughs> didn't change my rating, though. It didn't make a bit of difference. <laughs> it almost reminds me, Retta, of when, you know, sometimes you have kids in class who will say to me, or who will say to me, you know, yeah. you know, I'm gifted. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's nice. <laughs> nice. We should. We should. Do you know, we just should. for those situations, so that, we should all we have a tiara and a scepter we've, we've, we've on We've identified some of the nightmarish situations that we find ourselves in with teacher evaluation. <laughs> Sometimes it's things out of our control. Um, but we've also talked about how when you've got the right system and you've got an administrator who does their due diligence and you're reflective and, and, and honest about your practice, how if there's a lot of room for growth then, right? Um, which, by the way, keeps you from getting stagnant. Um, but sometimes when, um, we need to work on things. We all need to work on things. Yes. But sometimes right. we want help working on things. There's things that we can do um, if our districts provide the opportunity that can be really beneficial. So let's talk about some of those things. So one of the methods that we've used in our district of helping with teacher growth, and it's actually a research proven method um, that has shown huge amounts of um, promising data is instructional coaching. And now I know with my listeners, some of you are out there and you're either inwardly rolling your eyes or you're, you're actually groaning as you listen. Okay. But (laughs) (laughs) I heard groaning all around me when I asked Tracy. Instructional coaching is research shows is the most effective strategy for improving your instructional practice. Oftentimes, people have some real misconceptions, though, about what instructional coaching is. And instructional coaching, I am of the opinion, and and a lot of coaching models agree with me, it should be a voluntary thing. It it really shouldn't be someone saying, you know what, you suck. You never watch, you work with that coach or you're fired, right? Yes. It shouldn't. Mm, Yeah. And that and that's how a lot of teachers feel when when they're pressed to it. When you know you get together in a staff meeting and yeah. and you know and it's mentioned that some of you should be yeah. requesting instructional coaching time. 
Well, you're all looking around thinking either, well, right. not and that, me. Those conversations should thinking, always happen behind closed you know, doors, oh one-on-one gosh, on one with the principal and the teacher, the not in a public setting. And hide because, from it. And, and I've been someone who's been coached myself. I, it was one of the most um, beneficial experiences. And I, I still will have people come in and coach me on different things. Um, you know, it, you get to work on a goal that you identify. And that person is another set of eyes. And they give you feedback. They're not there to do it for you. They're there to help you think, to help you think more deeply through what you're doing. It can be so beneficial. Exactly. Well, I think absolutely. It fe- it feels like team teaching with support. And yeah. my, I know my kids loved it when Tracy came in and, and coached us. I, we were all getting coached. I told them she was my coach. Well, and if, they you, love that. if you have a good coach, mm-hmm. it's amazing. And I think it's so much like, you know, as teachers, we do what well, we call them like on the go conferences. Right. Where in the moment, you're watching, you're taking notes and observing, and then your lesson f- flows from what, what you're seeing. And I think mm-hmm. that's what a good coach can do, right? They're watching you. And then based on what they see, they can tailor what they're going to yeah, talk to you about I, I versus, think that, um, you know, we you know, all have to follow the, the same walk step I, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be totally honest here with you. We have mm-hmm. a new ma- a new math resource this year that we are we are using in our district system-wide. And um, it's disconcerting, you know. And so there I am. And in walks a math coach, right? And I got to tell you, like, there was like, I could feel it rare up inside me of why did you just walk in without asking if it was okay? Why are you here? And why are you standing here watching what I'm doing? Get out. I mean, that was, Um, you know, it was, uh, this was a get to know you kind of thing. She was just kind of going from classroom to classroom without prior arrangement, but to hear, to be on the receiving end of that, really was something where it made me kind of take a step back and go, okay, whoa, what's that about, right? Inwardly, what's that about? And it's because I don't feel confident with what I'm doing. And so that's a good learning experience too. Of, you know, it's it's right. easy for me if someone's coming in to, to coach me in literacy because I'm, I was massively confident about that. But when it's a new math curriculum and it's like week three and I'm flop sweating over how I'm going to get all this done because it just seems so cumbersome and big, it's scary. Exactly. It's scary. And she's a wonderful person and she's since been in and I love, you know, and adore her. So it's not. walks into the room. No, thank you. Right. Yes. It does. I'm Which, you sure know, as a teacher, we'll talk later. it's not right. such but a bad to place to put yourself in every too. once in a while because yeah. our kids. Well, think about the empathy when yeah. you think about what your kids go Make through sure every day in those so situations. You're not for the crown and scepter. <laughs> because you're there watching what they do and you're you're giving them critiquing and feedback and and it might be scary and disconcerting Absolutely. and overwhelming. We we're no different from kids, so that's a chance for you to build empathy for your kids too. Yes. Well, in our district mm-hmm. too, we unfortunately due to budgets, there's not there's not really right. we don't really have instructional coaches anymore. Um, but district wide, mm-hmm. we've moved to more of a framework model 
So based on the framework of either Danielson or Marzano, um, it's based into those domains. So planning and preparation, our classroom environment, instruction, and then what the part I love is the part that says professional right. responsibilities. So yeah, not just we are we good teachers, but then do we contribute to the staff? Are we as growing of, as, as um, educators? Reflecting and measuring mm-hmm. our growth as well. And so, yeah. Interesting. So, you know, another thing that we sometimes do is we do lab classrooms, which is another way of, um, you know, getting feedback and growing your instruction. We have people who come in, other teachers that we teach with. And they're there to see you. You're not necessarily the expert. They're there to see, you know, a lesson in something you're doing that you do well. And then they give you feedback. And then they get to take what they saw you do and try and apply it themselves. You're not necessarily an expert, but you're there to show them how you approach a problem. Yeah. That is my favorite, favorite thing. I loved it. I loved it from both ends. I loved getting the feedback. This is what I'm doing tomorrow, guys. Usually we're so locked into our classrooms. People coming in, and then I'm going to them. I love seeing what other teachers are doing. It's a little nerve-wracking, but it's exciting. I think the conversation afterwards is what's the most exciting to me. It's exciting. Is listening to the different ways people would have tackled what I tackled, and then what they valued about what I did. Um. Mhm. Yes, cuz that's I think that's yeah. so much more meaningful than just one administrator going through their checklist saying, "Yep, this you covered this. Yep, you do this, this, this." I want to actually hear well, what I can do better. And it also takes us to it takes us you know, past the point from another of teacher's um, perspective what they saw. It takes us past the point of I used to what I call it is admiring the data where we sit in a room and we go, oh my God, yeah, yeah we got to work on that. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, look at that score. Right? Oh yeah, this cluster of kid needs to do that. Okay, but but we never get past that point. Yeah. <laughs> so what does that look like in your teaching, right? So when you many get to that place, it's so valuable. <laughs> when you can say, I sucked right. yeah. at that lesson of, kids how to divide fractions and it shows and I need help what did you do because your kids <laughs> knocked it out of the ballpark with that goal right and so shame. right right and it doesn't have to be a hallway conversation yeah. it can be an official conversation it around is. data so after Another an type of um, after lab classroom system for teacher evaluation um, that some districts are going to, although I've not seen this myself, um, I think it reminds me more of what I used to do more at the beginning of my career is teacher portfolios. So let's talk about that. So teacher portfolios, Retta, you used to do them, didn't you? <laughs> I did it in self-defense. <laughs> after after the after the first beauty queen um, evaluation, you know, where I said I tried the teacher of the year thing, I said, okay, the principal's got checklists and 
data and um, it's my data. I and I don't have copies of it. I need something in self-defense. And it turned into the most mm-hmm. beautiful experience for me and for my kids. I organized a portfolio mm-hmm. in a binder and I put in all of the things that, you know, I was being rated on, um, such, such as professional development and, um, you know, the, the curriculum, how I approached the standards, mm-hmm. you know, all the things that are on the checklist, plus student artifacts and photos of the students in action. And it became something that my students and I were doing together when I'd have a conference with them about a writing piece. If it was a writing piece that I wanted to include an early piece and a late piece, I would ask and take a picture of the student doing the writing and, you know, <laughs> and include both. And right. things started to happen after that when I showed up with my binder. First of all, you look like a professional, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You're prepared. I am not just here to look pretty. I am here to show you that I am of worth. And... um you know, if the principal would go over something on the checklist and, and and be meaning to mark it a little lower than I thought was appropriate, I'd say, but wait, take a look at this. And I had my binder mm-hmm. all tabbed and I would open to the right section, provide evidence, and quite a few scores went up just based on that. Something gives you something real to talk about during the con- the evaluation conference and it's evidence. Wow, I love that. We actually, it's it's funny that you did that on your own because I had a principal who one year who um, that's how she wanted our evaluations. She said, I don't want the normal district one that we do. I want you to choose your okay. goals and then you can put together a portfolio that shows me how you've been working toward them. It was fabulous. It's exactly what we do with our kids, you know, choose a goal. What do you want to improve in? So a couple years I used the teaching, what we call the teaching and learning framework, which is again, similar to Danielson or Marzano frameworks. And I just took each section of those and I provided evidence. Same thing as you read with, I had photos of student, I had samples of student work. I had photos of student writing. And then I wrote, I wrote reflections on everything and how it met those goals yeah. Um, and same thing. My kids love looking at it because I said, you know, I don't just have you keep portfolios. I keep teacher portfolios too, to show that I'm, I'm always growing as a teacher. And to me, mm-hmm. that was so much more valuable than just the checklist or, you know, just the observation. Right. She would still come in and observe, but it was kind of more in the context of what do you now- want me to look for when I'm here in my observation? And I really uh-huh. felt like I grew the most in those years. And then, and then you feel like you're working on something specific too that you could make a difference with. And I what bet you I've didn't have any trouble a, getting kids um, to work on their we portfolio. We have a model that we do. Is it's all you know yep. everything's yep. digital, and we're we're yep. Same thing answering here. questions online and everything. But I don't just do a data goal. I always have a pedagogical goal, some way that I'm going to push my pedagogy, and then my data goal comes out of what I think will happen because of that change that I'm making. And so I will have a data goal, right? And I often have a ped- I have a pedagogical goal, right? And so, like this year, That's my kids are involved wishing, in right? learning scales, and <laughs> yes. they are developing their own learning scales so that they know with certain, right. like power standard things that we do. Look, this you know they've determined with my guidance 
what looks like a proficient and what looks like beyond proficiency and what looks like developing and what looks like needs improvement, they're developing those scales themselves. And because of that, I'm seeing, you know, what I hope to see so far is there's more student engagement and buy-in, which means then there's more attention spent on those assessment pieces. Um, yeah, so it's, it's pretty it's pretty exciting. And then, you know, I have my pretty graphs and I do make them pretty. Um, but I also right. add I, in, I add in it, all of the scales. I add in samples of the kids <laughs> of reporting on those scales, you know, and, and I add those in. So mine is all digital, um, but it's added right into the district um, document on iObserve. So anyone, and there's the whole story. So... It's, it really is, um, wow. it's a pain in the butt, but, but, but it does make me grow. I will say that. So ladies, yes, it is. So ladies, we're just about out of time. So let's talk about what are your number yep. one well, growth tips. isn't worth it, Mindy. <laughs> Why don't you go first? Number one tip, mm -hmm. I think, for teacher evaluation is to show, just like I want to evaluate my students as a well-rounded student, I want to be a well-rounded teacher. So I think that, you know, that has mm -hmm. everything to do with my curriculum, my pedagogy, my professional responsibilities, my growth. Um, so whether it's in the form of a portfolio or, you know, I, I'm very open. So I right. talk to my principal all How the time, you, come in, come see this, come see that. What do you think about this? And I want him to know what I'm working on. Great. Well, I think the, the portfolio and, and the evidence have having artifacts, having before and after samples, having photos and of course, including the data. And, and I just like that. I know you said you do yours online. Mm -hmm. I like having it. It's online, right. but I print out too. And I put the printouts sure. into my binder. I like having that binder in my hands. It <laughs> the teacher binder. Shaking during during me, the evaluation. My number one tip is actually um, something that it, I haven't really just, talked about tonight, but I'm going to just tack it on here at the during, end. During the I think of my school year, and my kids and our journey together and the data and their reflections and my reflections as a story. So when I go in to meet with my administrator, I literally say to myself, tell your story, tell the story. It's a story that you're telling, tell the story. And when I tell the story, I don't go flat sweat, right? I don't, I don't I love that. fall to pieces. I don't get yes. nervous. I tell an authentic story and I get an authentic reaction. Uh -huh. That would be my number one tip. So, you no, know, I think we all do. And that leads me to this. I love that. My Sweet. dear you listeners, need to write a blog if post you are, that share that if you are checking out our blogs, you need to, because everything we talk about at Let's some point in time we write about, we are not just great talkers. <laughs> we are also passionate writers, all of us. And so we invite you to check out our blog post links in our 
um, notes, uh, our uh, episode notes. Um, we often include freebies and tips and things that aren't included in the podcast because of time that can help make your teaching life easier. So please be sure that you check us out. So with that, we hope you join us next week because we've got a doozy planned for you. We're going to be talking about bom, 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 field trip follies, mishaps, and adventures. And we have lots to say. Until next time, keep it real and have a great week. Bye.